Welcome back to the Harkoverse. On this episode, I talked to the Spectre Collective about their amazing new record, Neurodeath. It's like a dance party at the end of the world, like a doom party. It's full of rhythms, grooves, and just like abrasive, dark, Blade Runner-esque sonic textures. It's an album I really love from a band I really, really love, and uh, I hope you enjoy it too. We're going to play tracks from the album, and I'm going to be chatting to Will, to Jono, and to Lockie in between. We have some fascinating conversations. Hope you enjoy it.
I heard this album a year ago, and we talked about it a year ago. Mm. And I guess I just want to know, like, because it's a very usual story in music world where, you know, music doesn't come out when it's done. (laughs) There's always a small period or a large period. And I guess I'm, I'm forever curious to know why did Neuro Death finally come out? Like, what was it that did it that meant Neuro Death is now delivered to the public? Um, honestly, the video was done for God Helmet. That was it. It was like building up to this video that I'd been talking about and planning for ages, trying to scrap some funds together, trying to make all the arts and crafts things that were involved, like the helmet and the UFO and trying to figure out what I was doing with it. And so that was always going to be the entry point into the album for an audience. And so, because it, it was quite unusual for us, this one, because normally, well, previously, you talk about, you know, an album's not usually released when it's done. That's exactly what we did for the first lot was, well, like, okay, it's done. Let's just put it out there. Not really thinking. And it was probably a little bit too haphazard. And then... I think initially the idea was to do that again, but I don't know, probably various reasons like burnout and COVID and all of that fun stuff meant that it just took longer than usual. This was the outlier in that regard where it was just taking, it was just naturally taking longer. And I think it got to a certain point where we're like, well, if it's taking this long anyway, let's release it the right way. Let's, make a bit of an entrance with it and god helmet felt like the right song to do a video for and then once i was getting all the imagery together i think my ambitions kind of got ahead of me and so it just took longer to get it together can i ask what you mean by god helmet being the song that felt like it needed a video like what 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 does that actually mean it just had the the extra juice to it. I don't know. When we all listened to it, we were like, yeah, this is, this has got a hook. The most immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it's also got a strong narrative. Yeah. The narrative. Yeah. Um, which works really well in the video. And uh, yeah. And I think that just helps visualize it. So, um, it just felt like the natural, like I say, the natural entry point into the album. The style of music, especially in, on this record, I would say
the style of music, especially in, on this record, I would say it's like very tied in with aesthetic. Like, and I think knowing you a little bit more now and knowing how you kind of, not flip-flop because I know they, they're, they're, they're different sides of the same coin, but between the visual world and the musical world, it's kind of been really nice to like know you a bit better and then re-listen to this record and kind of come to the realization that the genre, especially in this album that you're working with, is such a melded genre of visuals and of music. Like you, you, you think of movies like Blade Runner and there's a sound mm. that goes with it along with an aesthetic of it. Um, and I guess I'm super curious as like for, for you, Will, when were you introduced in your life to this kind of aesthetic that you're now so deep and deeply involved in? Like this specific kind of neurodeath yeah, ne- aesthetic? Yeah, yeah neurodeath aesthetic, I would say. Oh, I mean, I would have been introduced to it without knowing it and not really considering it until making this. But like, not saying I necessarily listen to this kind of stuff when I'm at home, but it reminds me of things like Rob Zombie. And um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like, you know, like, like uh, what was it called? Dragula and like the late 90s Rob Zombie aesthetic like it's all there Mm. um and i suppose i've always had a bit of a sci-fi leaning and horror um but i've not usually implemented it in my own visual stuff and i guess being in a band where we've got a couple of synth nerds over here and the genre just kind of suited uh that kind of sci-fi wheelhouse uh fuck i'm rambling but um yeah i think it's it's always been lurking in the background um it's very much of you know it's like a love child of the matrix and like blade 2 and <laughs> blade runner and, and uh, one of rob zombie's movies <laughs> uh yeah maybe less less as movies that's like more kind of grindhouse vibes but um Oh, dare I say Limp Biscuit? you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we've accidentally made a new metal album in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. <laughs> for better but, or worse. Yeah, I think for better. For better. Okay. Um, I'm going to definitively say that. Um, it's interesting because I, I, was, I was listening to you talk and I, and I was listening, I swear I was. And, but I, it, <laughs> there was a part of me also that was... Um, being like, oh, it's nice to see Lockie and it's nice to see John and it's nice to see Will. And I had this like thought in my head that you're actually all separately, I would associate with quite strong like aesthetic musicians. So like, like, that's all I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, like Lockie, you like with Mirror Ritual, with a lot of the stuff you work on it, it, it is like a, it's the, the music and the visuals and the whole thing goes together. And I would say the same thing about um, Soft Plastics with Jono and, and to a lesser extent Goya as well. And then all coming together for Spectacle, which I would also term as like a, a kind of aesthetic heavy band as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is that something that you, that you think all connects you? Does that, does that sound like it's a part of your, your musical relationships together? Yeah, I think everything's so visual nowadays too so it's Mm. kind of a necessity like you mentioned goya as well and i feel like goya are quite there's a strong visual Mm. aesthetic even like the ep covers and everything and um i feel like it's kind of 
just a natural leaning that any musician has nowadays it's kind of expected mm. i guess and even the absence of an aesthetic is like an aesthetic as well and so um, do you find yourself comfortable and 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 confident in the aesthetic world of the specter collective yeah i mean it's like so much fun yeah to like see will's artwork sort of like be supported by the music and like vice versa mm. yeah i mean i i haven't really considered it and like that way until you've talking about it now like it's not something we've discussed like mm. the the aesthetic it just kind of happens mm. like and it's you know i can draw and i can make videos and so it makes sense to just kind of do all that and Lockie has um very like heavy visual leanings with videography and um mm. yeah you've got your own vibe going on as well and jono has like really good taste and so just together it all just works but we don't we don't like sit and hash it out it just mm happens because yeah. i'm assuming that the other members around you will are seeing your visual um leanings for the music you're working on as they're working on the music or yeah no yeah. oh yeah i feel like you've you've got the draft of the next album cover yeah we'll sitting on very, a google doc that i've seen for the last year or so well, that's a very high level concept of yeah the mm. album even before we make it and when we like he even said the name of it like you know i work in bands where like the album name almost comes last and like the song names are really hard to come up with. But Will's like, this is the name of the album. These are the name of the songs. And then we make the music for it, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is an amazing way to work. Cause it's kind of like, all right, Nero Def, they said, that's the name of the next album. And we're like, wow, that sounds really. And you can gnarly. kind of gauge what it's going to sound like. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of that. see it. But at the same time, it's like, it's very much cart before the horse. Uh, and I've learned to kind of, you know, these guys kind of ground me a little bit and I've learned to just chill out in terms of getting ahead of myself because I just get excited and passionate about these ideas and then it's the actual implementation of those ideas where I sometimes need help in order to make it actually happen. Um, but yeah, just, just I, I guess I'm the concept dude and these are the... Um, the factory workers. The factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But you've all got shares in the company, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
I, it gives me a lot of like cosmic horror, a lot of like big God ideas, all that kind of stuff, but not in like a religious way and more of that kind of like fantasy science fiction way, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. When you're, and, and of course those themes and tropes kind of come with a, a, a linguistic like language to them. A lot of a lot of words, a lot of tropes, and a lot of things with science fiction, especially like cosmic horror and stuff like that. Yeah, lots of syllables too. Yeah, <laughs> too, too many syllables sometimes. <laughs> do you when you're? Th- how do you think about the lyrics? Do you, and 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 you may not have thought about this at all, so it's okay. But is do do you think these kind of conceptual lyrics are an escape from reality into this kind of like fantastical realm, or do you view them as? connected to reality and almost like making commentary on things that are going in on in real life like in society oh i mean i think it probably depends on the song i mean and this is rain me in because this is potentially deep rabbit hole shit but <laughs> i don't know if it's necessarily commentaries on society and some of it is certainly escapism but i my suspicion is that some of the things i'm talking about are potential insights into the fabric of reality like i like to read weird shit i like to uh engage with the strange and um and that doesn't necessarily mean like believing it all but it's fun to to play around with and entertain ideas and um god helmet for example is just a classic like ufo abduction tale that you we've all seen and read and heard of before um but then with a little bit of a different spin and uh yeah so i'd say it's less a commentary on society and social structures or anything like that i don't really that doesn't really interest me Mm. at least lyrically um that kind of uh, seeps into my screenwriting a little bit more um which are more like character studies and psychological breakdowns of people but um yeah here it's uh well yeah i I mean i could talk about specific songs if you wanted but i I could just well is there is there there one that exemplifies that kind of um dive into the strange uh for you all right so amalantra working for instance Mm -hmm. which is the song that jono wrote and crafted and structured essentially it was all there from Jono lyrically well the name Amalantra working is based on a ritual that Alistair Crowley did in like the 1920s or something like that and in which he allegedly encountered an alien being and so I was just pulling things from that and I I guess it's from the point of view of the being Mm. and uh the being's name was Lamb and um the song starts with my lamb i am and you know you start to find rhymes with that but just pulling from the uh the the transcription of what was allegedly discussed between alistair crowley and an alien and yes making a little song out of it uh hemisync is uh there was there is a real thing called hemisync from a place called the monroe institute in the United States, which was a strange um, kind of new age psychic research facility place where 
that sounds so tinfoil hat. No, I love it's, it's it. Real. Love it. Yeah, but it's it's real. It's like it's all there. It's in the documents. Um, <laughs> Do your but, research. Yeah, but like the CIA would send people there, for instance, mm. to further their research into remote viewing and all of that. And so Hemisync is um, a program where you listen to it's almost like binaural beats in a way. Um, to these guys would probably know more about the actual audio terms and everything, but it's two different frequencies going at like different rates at different hemispheres of the brain. And it's supposed to unlock your spiritual potential and allow for like out of body experiences and that kind of thing. And so I took that idea and just made it really, really dark and like horrifying. Um, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing, man. And like, it's, it's, Again, I'm struck with how well it all folds holistically into the kind of aesthetic package of it all. Um, yeah. Especially with that, what you talked about earlier, that it's not this like heady, super planned thing. It's it's just kind of like the soup that you kind of like simmer in and then bring others into the boil and it all just kind of like floats together like a good broth at the end yeah but yeah pretty much like and it's just a matter of like i don't know if i need a bit of inspiration or something i'll just go over to my bookshelf and pull something off cosmic trigger is the name of a book mm. by robert anton wilson and he talks about allegedly being in communication with beings from the Sirius star system so it's like okay great that's my narrative thread right there amazing and then you just pull terminology from that you know and play around with it and make it make poetry out of it
we're talking about really big things in this record i think like big concepts big ideas i think the sound is really big i think the whole thing is just really big and i wanted to ask um you lucky because you had a, a big hand in, in the mixing and the production stuff as well and obviously jono doing writing arranging um a lot of production as well ha- was it a challenge to make something i guess what were the challenging parts of making something so big in such a with such a small setup, with such a kind of small thing going into it? Like, um, how did you guys manage that, and what were the challenges? Yeah, I guess that's always been my like point of intrigue with recording in general is like using what you've got and making it sound like the complete opposite thing. So like most of it was done recorded in like flat and mainly my bedroom um which is tiny and like not sonically treated or anything totally. <laughs> it's like how can you make this like flourish um all these tools that you've got which is limited but like yeah how do you make it sound like this big epic sci-fi narrative were album? there any like sonic answers that you found um that not you really it's just out? like figuring it out layers know? of snare drums oh yeah I, I forget because it's like so long ago now. yeah yeah, yeah. You listen to it and you're like oh that's the drums and that's the bass but yeah i guess um yeah there's like layers of drums the same I snare sampled. drum different different samples yeah yeah pretty much um just like i'd individually record each hit um early on in lockdown and then we made like a sample pack out of that um and then we'd just layer it up and then later i'll do my thing of like just layering kick drums underneath it and snares and you know it's like none of it was probably recorded well at all but (laughs) but that's the thing it doesn't it sounds like huge like it would have been a really undercutting of the whole vision if it didn't sound as big as the vision it needs to like meet the maximalist yeah and it totally does that's what i was i I had a nice like loud listen um on the headphones Mm -hmm. like half an hour ago before we started and it just really does like yeah it sounds massive and knowing that you did it in a flat and that this isn't like you know you're not heading to huge studios you're not doing these things that i i know there had to have been tricks there and a lot of effort put into it you know mm-hmm. mm. oh thank you isaac yeah as a band it was our first delve into computer music essentially yeah and, yeah and digital music and although we started using like hardware simps and stuff um before then they're like how many previous albums have we done? Four? Four before this one? Yeah. Um, four. So. We just kind of just gone into a room and done it really quickly. And yeah. This one, maybe why it took a little bit longer was because we it was our first time on computers doing it. If, if you looked at all the stems, you'd be appalled. It's like <laughs> that most of the, like, half of the tracks were recorded analog, analogly, I guess, um, between two different computers from, like, Will's expired Ableton sessions oh, yeah. and then like hardwired oh, left yeah. and right into my interface, into my logic. And there's just so much like grounding. <laughs> it was those, lock- like, those like, lockdown like, Ableton every, sessions they yeah. gave us. Yeah, you got we got a 90-day free trial. That was the so you know, talking about like just trying to smash an album out. It was like, <laughs> all right, we've got a 90-day free trial, let's just do an album. 90 month. Yeah, album. and then and then they and then that ended, and we were like, shit. And then they were like, you get another 90-day free trial. And we're like, okay, great. And then it got locked. 
in the free trial <laughs> and so we had Spoiler. to yeah pull out each individual and like every stem. kick drum stem that we recorded because you, yeah you couldn't export from the ableton session so we had to record, record it, it manually oh. and there's like all this background noise of like like underlined <laughs> it all which i think adds to the album yeah it's like because like, narrative and so, so much time is spent in computer and what we're calling computer music to mm. um re-add hums and white yeah, noise yeah. and and all these like all this oscillator shit and yet you guys just kind of manually did it having to get out of a of a free ableton yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> economically it's a real way to do it um do, what, what, what about you john did you what was your experience of that kind of thing like t- taking something with limitations and making it huge uh I, i'm not too sure like again going back to it was a mix of hardware and software and i don't know how we got some of those sounds because sometimes it was locking and will doing it most of the time as well and it's, mm. I what, what about the hemisync stuff with your module yeah i mean like using the hardware stuff like that comes in like especially with ammo Antra and hemisync where it was just kind of a lot of sequence synths and layers of junos and like and which is our friend trent's juno and filters on f- just heaps of filter stuff going on um yeah made it massive sounding i think i thought yeah, you were I gonna mean, say that was our friend juno well what was great about that song in particular was because it was done so quickly and so early we were like because i think we, we all each individually kind of worked on separate songs and jono delivered amalantra working and it was all there structurally everything and i didn't realize for like two years or something what was hidden in the mix because it we hadn't properly mixed it for quite a while and so once we kind of unlocked it and opened it up basically it was amazing to hear all the layers that he put in from the beginning all just hidden there and like what you hear now is what Jono made basically from the start so impressive um stop it guys talk about yeah. it. <laughs> he did like so much of the album i don't know why <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well yeah exactly and yeah. will with everything yeah no lucky like, smashed it.
Is is Nero Death a dance record? Oh, yes. Like, uh, yeah, a dance f- for the apocalypse. Yep. I would say so. Yeah. It's like a dirge. You were like, because we know we'd go to like festivals and stuff and I think you were pretty inspired by some of those late night duffs that welcome to nowhere. <laughs> so very, very late night duffs. Yeah. yeah and just being like, that'd be, I know we always, I'm, yeah. I'm that guy at the festival that like keeps coming up like during the duff and be like, we should do something like this. We should do something like that. But um, yeah, I would definitely say, I think it's a dance record. Definitely it, like strobophobia and like the end of God helmet. There's like, and end of cosmic trigger. There's like a few moments where it gets yeah. quite like purely Trancy. electronic. I mean, we're in the and, mix, like, the mix room, I Lockie's room, yeah. <laughs> um, just boogieing around to these tunes as we're making them. Yeah, because they're like, doo, 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 yeah. Doo. <laughs> like so. Yeah, it's probably a dance record. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's funny because like sonically, I think a lot of people might sonically associate it with, you know, rock and psychedelic and a lot yeah. of the like, like the the artists you mentioned. But for me, and like that's all there, and I think as again, as that's the aesthetic of it. Um, mm. but at its core, like especially, I think, with the way that it sounds like the process worked, I think it was always, especially with the drums and the way you were putting together the drums and the way that the genre is already quite heavily on groove because you, you're showing off different grooves, you've got different rhythms. It's such a core part of it that if you're translating that into computer music, it's almost inevitable it's gonna you're gonna lend yourself to some kind of real dancey elements to it and i was uh, i was amazed again at how how much my head was moving up and down and how how much i could imagine being at like an electronic gig and having one of any of these songs on the record is like a kind of secret weapon for the dance floor where it's, everyone's like, what the fuck is this and it sounds like the end of the world and why am i still dancing kind of vibe so yeah yeah, but I wanted to well, know if that was what you've thought as well. Well, yeah. yeah, I think I mean the beauty of being in a quote-unquote psych band is you can play whatever the fuck you want. Like we yeah. can have a metal song, we can have like a really nice ethereal, fluty song, we can do like a cinematic score, we can do some doof, um, we can get do some like kind of Turkish psych kraut stuff as well. Like there's just a whole range you can do under the psych umbrella and it be acceptable and okay. So I think it's kind of, um, yeah, the most playful genre, mm. I suppose.
just to call back to my <laughs> other question about making taking small boxes, small limitations and making something massive out of it. I kind of wanted to ask you, Will, and apply that to the music videos and the visual side and and, 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 and maybe more of the like, you know, band as a as a holistic entity. Like what what are your challenges um trying to to make that happen and 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 how have you overcome some of those things um i mean i guess the obvious first challenge i can think of is money you know we self-funded um and not a lot of money at that even like it was just realizing that okay we can't really afford a crew of people can't really afford to pay people what they're really worth we had some really you know um, lovely friends who generously helped out and um really helped elevate the video um which you know we always love and appreciate but yeah it's it's just it just meant me doing more things so while i'm directing it i'm also in the wetsuit dancing around with the helmet on and trying to get like Lockie and our friend dan harris to <laughs> point the camera in the right direction while I'm dancing around in a wetsuit for three hours. Um, I, yeah, made the helmet, made the UFO. It just meant it took a lot longer to do it, which was, I suppose, the most frustrating part of it. But I think it paid off in the end. Um, what was frustrating, Will? Is it the funding? Like, you know, the funding... <laughs> are, you try, are, you trying to, are you trying to poke <laughs> the bear I want to get him to... Well, I mean, yeah, look, uh, I don't know much about the ins and outs of funding and ends it on air funding and all that we've applied and we just haven't gotten it and that's okay um i think i do wonder if there are entire uh spectrums of certain types of musicians that are not getting heard because it is a you know a, a broadcast friendly popular um fund you know, for popular music. Yeah, we don't have a chorus in that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Strike one. But yeah, so like, you know, more experimental things might kind of fall by the wayside. But we're we're not even that, you know, like we're kind of in this weird in-between of experimenting but also trying to uh, get played on the radio if we can. So I don't want to go shitting on the funding schemes or anything because I'm pretty, like I say, I'm pretty ignorant with how it all works. And we've had friends who are really great musicians who've been really sick you got it and you got it didn't you yeah so it's just me i'm the problem yeah <laughs> so um i don't know one day hopefully we get some money that'd be great and you're the you're the director out of all of us yeah <laughs> like the yeah. yeah you know we're singing songs for yeah. crowley and <laughs> yeah. so, but um i think those challenges like really helped elevate the video, you know, it, it allowed for more creative thinking and creative direction and working within those limitations. And it was a pretty hectic shoot in the sense of like organization or disorganization. Like I had certain things that I knew we were going to do and like really lock into the edit. And then there was a lot of, I guess I'll figure this out in the edit. Let's just film some spooky things and go from there. And I found a way and it worked and people seem to like it. So I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs>